0: The 4 o'clock football frenzy.
1: Hey, hit me so down there.
0: Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702 577 2600
2: The Four O'Clock Football Frenzy
0: on Cofield and Company.
2: Bowl week here in Vegas. We got Pro Bowl over the weekend on Sunday. Shrine Bowl's going down right now. I know Adam's going over to watch in just a little bit. Well, Uh, 5 o'clock kickoff, he'll be over there after the show. You can still get tickets. Great cause. Shriners Hospitals for Children, ShrineBowl.com. Tickets as low as 19 bucks. And, uh, you know, if you haven't been to Allegiant Stadium, a good chance to get in there. Watch some of the college all-stars play football this evening. (laughs) I was out yesterday at UNLV signing day number two, which college football has been transformed so much in the last three or four years. I thought the early signing period, you know, splitting it was great for schools like UNLV and group of five schools and, you know, maybe schools in the bottom half of the power fives, you know, a chance to lock up players and then not have that ridiculous feeding frenzy that would happen around this time where uh, the, the power, power fives would be stealing from everybody. So that was one big change. And now the transfer portal, especially because they opened it up so much with the COVID year. Now it's gotten really crazy because your roster is constantly in flux so you know right after the season talking to folks with the UNLV coaching staff they expected some departures right that's gonna happen at every school but the good news was they could take upwards of 25 commits and then there'd be like seven swing commits right and the seven extra are there to cover if you lose a bunch you know out of nowhere at any time, right? So I think I think the total number is like 10 uh, transfers from UNLV. Yesterday they announced seven transfers coming in. Now they've got 17 players in the class. So originally the number could be 25 plus 7, 32. They're at 17. So when I saw the number, I was like, wow, okay, you know, I'm talking about upwards of 32. But what happens now is I think scholarships are just held back because, oh, because guys can enter – the portal at any time so you're basically you're building your roster outside of the season like almost all the time we're talking like seven months of managing and building your roster with guys going and coming it's pretty crazy
3: yeah just to to be clear what you're talking about like obviously now there's kids around the country that thought about transferring and didn't and now they look at the signing class that their school has they're like hmm there's not a spot for me anymore or even maybe some schools say might not be a spot for you and maybe they leave maybe they're they're transferring maybe they're going out and you don't want to be stuck without having scholarships you want flexibility well, i'm
2: sure there's five or six hundred kids who are actually in the portal who are like wait what just happened
3: yeah that's so it. they're
2: being examined you know some of them will land somewhere the other thing that's changed is there's a ton of high school kids that have nothing right now so the portals kind of changed that now they could they be late entries to classes yes so marcus arroyo confirmed that yesterday that he said, we've been through Wave 1 and 2. There's still a Wave 3, and that'll go into the summer. And he's like, we're really excited about that. And, you know, funny enough, last summer, I can't remember, the maybe it was May, May or June, they had a guy, uh, Davion McDaniel, from Charleston Southern. He wound up, at the end of the year, as a starting left tackle, and he was a late addition. So you can have guys come in and be contributors who you never expected months before. Um, let me give you some of the stuff that we – we grabbed yesterday, We uh, the press was there at the Fertitta Center and talked to Arroyo for about 25 minutes. So obviously the big headlines here are Harrison Bailey, quarterback, is coming in, right? He's a quarterback f- from Tennessee, so now he's added to Cameron Friel and Doug Brumfield and also a uh, true freshman who's coming in from Liberty. And Arroyo talked about the quarterback competition and that really everyone involved
4: kind of knows what's going on. These guys all know, and I, I, I'm very transparent with with the group. Uh, anyone we add to the, any of these rooms is coming in to compete for a job, and, and I don't want anybody in the room who's the, the complacency is what kills programs It kills any of us. Really, at the end of the day, is you know when you're at a you're at a spot where you feel like you may get complacent, um, that's where someone can come in and beat you. You know, and I think adding guys fuel to the fire in every room. Harrison to the to the quarterback room, which the quarterback room with Doug and Cam and Jaden coming in and Harrison and the two. I mean, those are that's that's a competitive room, and it has to has to be that way. And, and I'll add another guy next year, and they know that. I don't. I, there's no hidden secrets there.
2: Yeah, you can't have what happened this year, where they actually thought they had a deep room, and then they had a bunch of injuries, where Brumfield got hurt, Friel was in and out, he wound up playing the most. Rodgers was behind them. They tried Tate Martell, he really couldn't get healthy, so they're trying to get more solid in the quarterback room and the unique thing about Harrison Bailey the quarterback from Tennessee from Georgia his high school teammate Ricky White III went to Michigan State got a little bit of playing time ran into some trouble last year well he's now landed at UNLV and Arroyo talked about the fact that you know the fact that those guys knew each other
4: from back in high school that was part of the recruiting process candidly the relationship I had to pick up and have the same text thread with Harrison from two years ago you know those relationships so I think Ricky and Harrison had definitely had an impact on each other, wanting to play together. As soon as Harrison and we started a dialogue, Ricky was also communicating with him on what he was doing, and then he started a dialogue with me, and we started a dialogue together, and uh, it worked out. And so, um, it definitely played a role, and very similar to Davion and Preston, and even Seneca's got a background with Tyson Player, and so. Those things correlate, and I think that that that's a tribute. Really, if, if your players inside your program can reach back to guys outside your program and tell them about the good things that are happening and the people they're around, I think that's a that's a positive reflection on the, on on your program and what you're doing. So, um, it's it's humbling to see and happy, obviously.
2: So there was a lot in there. So he starts out by talking about the fact that at Oregon he recruited Harrison Bailey. Was you know had some conversations with him because that kid was a a top five pro style quarterback recruit. And then you got Bailey and White played in high school together, and then talking about relationships and how you get players, um, he mentioned Davion McDaniel from Charleston Southern, and now Preston Nichols, he just brought in 6'2, 290, guard tackle. Well, they knew each other, so then Nichols could call McDaniel and go, hey, what is it like there? Right. By the way, there's a lot of there's a lot of McDaniel and McDaniels now in the world of football because there's Mike McDaniel, and I hear everyone, you know, I'm trying to trying to keep him straight. And the other one he mentioned, that, that was kind of out of nowhere. There's a kid. Seneca McKee, uh, McKee who's a 6'2 receiver, who's a transfer in, who knew Tyson players. So there's always, like, references and, you know. I don't even know if I should say, should say this on the air. I was actually – I'm going to do it. Um, I was actually talking to Q, our boss and host over on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Q's kid is playing – I think it's at Western Oregon, and he's off to a good start. He's playing basketball. And immediately I got into the conversation, like, where's he going to go next? Huh. Right? Yeah. Because that's – it's like – College kid, I know fans get driven nuts by this, but your chance to move up, maybe when you were under recruited, I think is really cool. Now it's going to make for rosters that are kind of wacky, you know, and and changing all the time. So the other thing they added in in this class along the way are bigger receivers, right? So you got Ricky White, the kid from Michigan State, six one. This Seneca McKee is six two. They're trying to get more size at receiver, and Arroyo talked about that
4: the length of the, those, those is really important. Obviously in today's football, you know, we, we look back, we're looking back right now, uh, kind of, cause we're just getting used to this conference really, and seeing kind of how it plays out. It's different than places we've been, whether it be the NFL, whether it be PAC 12, whether it be the big 12, there's some matchups there that you've got to, you've got to get into. And, and, and I think that, um, having that size and speed and separation, um, is something we want at wide receiver.
2: They do. Uh, we're going to play cut four next. Cause I actually skipped one already. So make sure that, uh, we nailed it. You nailed it on that one. Good job. Um, So you got all these receivers now. You got, you know, if if all the other guys come back, right, uh, Kyle Williams, right, you had Steve Jenkins. Those guys both had monster games, multiple 100-yard games. They have a bunch of receivers. There's other guys I won't name the entire roster, but they've got a lot of receivers here. So I I throw it at Arroyo. I'm like, hey, there are people out there who think, like, no Charles Williams. You guys are going to just start throwing
4: it around the yard 40 and 50 times. It's developed around who you got. There's a core philosophy to it, you know, and I think that there's there's some things to it that we know we do, but I think at the end of the day, I, I I'm not of I'm not from the tree where you just you it's a it's a square peg in a round hole. It's you got to be you got to make sure you got the weaponry and, and the people you got and build it around them. We got a pretty effective young quarterback group. We were we had the opportunity to go in and find some really effective wide receivers. Uh, we're not afraid to spin the ball around and be and, and be effective. This game is an explosive game. Now, it's, you win the explosive play battle, you win those big plays. You're able to play catch. You got a chance.
2: And the Mountain West Conference is a league with really good quarterbacks. It's always had really good quarterbacks. And when you start going around, like I am amazed when I look at rosters and you know I get get on the field to start looking at the opposition. I'm like, man, there's some big guys playing wide receiver in this league. I mean, the Reno wide receivers that that was crazy. Colorado State's always had really big receivers um San Diego State's got guys of all different sizes but they usually have big targets so you gotta have a lot of receivers in this league and you gotta have good tight ends too
3: yeah I mean uh, it's important at all levels and it's important certainly for UNLV who you know I think will pass more I think all teams should pass more UNLV had a quality running game that's why they ran the ball as much as they did but I don't think that's what they want to do necessarily and I don't think it's what teams should do so you, you need to have the weapons and it's not just about a quarterback you gotta have guys to throw to
2: Coming up next, let's check in with our football insider, Mark McMillan, as we're going to talk about the Shrine Bowl, also talk about what's going on with Brian Flores and uh, the hire of Josh McDaniels with the Raiders.
0: Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company.
2: Football Insider Mark McMillan is up here in less than a minute. But before we talk about food and football, let's give away one of those Porta Subs tailgate trays. You get a classic six foot sub all chopped up. From Porta Subs. If you don't win the tailgate tray here, you can hit one of the 20 plus Porta Subs locations around Las Vegas. Caller 7 364 1100 364 1100. The winner of the tailgate tray also qualifies for a chance to win a new Yeti cooler. Thanks to Porta Subs and Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. All right, now it's time to get to Mark McMillan, former Eagle, former Chief, played all around the National Football League. as our football insider on. Thursday so really cool event going down Mark uh, with the Shrine Bowl that's coming up today at five o'clock I know you're out and about the game Um, I want you to talk about players as they're trying to make their way to the National Football League and I was out there yesterday at the Shrine Bowl activities and you know there's kind of a pecking order this is not to badmouth the Shrine Bowl but you know a lot of the guys in the Shrine Bowl are kind of trying to get attention fight their way into the mix you know to get into the middle of the draft what are these all-star games like for the players?
1: Um, it's, it's big for these guys. Um, I, I wish I would have got invited to an all-star game, but you know, uh, coach Stalin's, uh, had some different words and he didn't put my name on a list. That's a whole nother show. But, uh, for these guys, man, it's an opportunity for these guys to move up in the draft and get some eyes and be able to learn from some NFL coaches who've actually been there and done that. And, you know, these all-star games are, are big for these guys. And, you know, for guys that's coming from, you know, division two FCS programs, uh, get an opportunity to go against guys that from the Power Five conferences and see how they fare. Uh, you know, that's big for a guy. If I was a kid coming from an FCF program and I was going up against a kid from Wisconsin or Alabama or something like that, I'll be excited to go after these guys every day in practice, especially in the game.
2: The game's about 45 minutes away. You can still get your tickets. ShrineBowl.com, or just go down to Allegiant, and here's the deal. It's a great cause. All the money's going to go to uh, the Shriners hospitals for children again i was out there for a media event the kids are out there the patients are out there it's really inspiring stuff and you know you get a chance to get into a legion watch a football game with these all-star college players and you're given to a great cause again shrinebowl.com or just get down to a legion asap and uh, the game's going to kick off here in just a little bit man what a crazy week around the national football league tom brady retires the raiders (laughs) announced the raiders announce a coach and like that stuff's already on the back page because of the uh, the Brian Flores deal. Before we get to Flores, talk about Josh McDaniels. What is your reaction to the Raiders going with the Patriots duo as their new regime?
1: Well, I, I'm not too – I know everybody – when they say the Patriots, everybody just think that these coaches are going to be the next Bill Belichick and win all these Super Bowls and, you know, talking about his coaching tree and stuff like that. But I thought they were going to go after a, a a more reputable coach. I still thought they were going to give the uh, the old head coach at least an opportunity uh, to 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 have an op- to have a chance to have a full year with these guys. Um, I saw some of the players tweet out. I saw Max Crosby, uh, you know, with his tweet, just shows you the respect that he had for this program and for this team and for the organization. You know, it was in disarray, and he rode the ship and, and you know got these guys into the playoffs. Um, and then you know you go to New England and you think you're going to get the next uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, but we'll see how it works out. And you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Andre uh, Reed about the town, about the organization, about the brand. You know, when you, when you think about the Raiders, I don't see, I don't see coach, I don't see him as like being that guy to go out there and just, you know, go go win for the gipper. You know, it's, it's more like he's a guy that's going to cuddle the car, that's going to, you know, instead of just getting on this guy and pushing these guys to be the best that they can be. And I just don't see him as a guy that's just going to come in and change the culture of the Raiders.
2: All right, let's talk about what's going on around the league. And now the big story is, uh, you know, there to this point, there's been uh, no African-American coach hired. So then Brian Flores drops a lawsuit with uh, about four or five jobs still open. Serial so reaction to the lawsuit and uh, the message that Flores is trying to get out there.
1: Uh, It's a big message. Um, You figure, like you you mentioned Tom Brady and, uh, you know, all these hirings and all these firings, and it is Black History Month. And, you know, Flora has just kind of dominated the headlines. And what other month to bring a little bit more awareness of what's really going on behind the scenes uh, with these coaches and the way these guys go about hiring the best candidate? And it seems like we're in 2022, and we're still talking about the Rooney Rule. Everybody knows that rule is a freaking joke. You know, it's just an opportunity. First of all, why do you even have to have that rule in place? That just goes to show you, like, you have to have a rule in place just to interview an African-American coach or a minority coach. You know, uh, you take Al Davis. You know, he hired Tom Flores, uh, Art Shale. Um, you know, he didn't have to worry about no damn Rooney Rule. He just hired the best guy, the best fit for his organization. And, you know, it sucks that the coach have to go through this. He's on the chopping block. A lot of people saying he's crying, he's whining, but – Man, he's passionate about what he's doing. I saw Hugh Jackson come on uh, ESPN yesterday and and defend him and talk about some of the stuff that was going on in Cleveland. Uh, you see, you saw RG three uh, that was on ESPN as well and express, you know, when he first came to Cleveland about them cutting starting players in a route to tank the whole season and. Things like that do happen in the National Football League, and now people are really seeing what the uh, the billionaires in those boxes are really doing.
2: You talk to a lot of uh, former players, NFL and college players, uh, especially African-American uh, former players. Have you heard about stories about how difficult it is to get into the coaching ranks?
1: Um, it's real difficult. You know, Like I said, I had a brief conversation with Hugh. Um, I, I thought we were going to be able to have him on today. And, you know, he was just, I was like, man, you're hot right now. He's like, man, I am not scared. They can bring it on. I got receipts. Uh, you know, he's, a, he, he's, he's standing on his word. And, you know, Grambling State just hired him uh, as their head coach. And there's a lot of other coaches, uh, you know, that just, just deserves an opportunity. You know, you, you figure all these defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators, African-American coaches, and you look at the games and they're talking about Leslie Frazier. Uh, they're talking about Brian Leftwich. And all of a sudden, these names just disappear. And they hire the same guys that no one even thought about. These guys are just getting hired out of the blue, out of the blue. And Bill Belichick, of all people,
2: Uh-oh. texting
1: the wrong guy.
2: Yep. Uh oh, you might get a text <laughs> later on when I'm, I'm texting another Mark. I might text you something that I'm not supposed to be texting. You. Uh, Mark McGwire <laughs> is with us, former NFL player with the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Niners, the Saints. Um, I'm not saying these jobs are absurd, but wouldn't it be crazy if we saw in like three years, you know? Part, you know, part make a statement. Part, hey, it's going to help the program. Like you just mentioned, uh, guys getting jobs at you know Grambling, and and Dion is working at a historically black school. Like, is there going to be a point where we're going to see like Marvin Lewis, David cully Jim Caldwell, uh, D'Amico, Ryan's? Like, like, like that's the only place you're going to get hired as a head coach. Like, when when does it change? When does it break through? Um, it breaks through
1: when we get those guys that's making those billions of dollars in those luxury seats Yeah. Uh, until those guys are are, are, are are out of those seats until we get an African-American owner, not just these general managers. Cause that's just a little tag that they, that they put on these guys to be like, Hey, we got a general, we got an African-American or, or minority general manager. But at the end of the day, we all know those owners are making the call. And until that changes, we're going to still be here. Four or five years from now, talking about the same subject, the same stuff, because those guys do not want to hire an African American coach and then exposing those guys, and they don't even give a crap. And you look at you look at uh, I don't the Washington, I don't even know, what is it, commanders? Commanders. You, yeah. you know, you look at Schneider and all that stuff that went down with him and the emails and the cheerleaders. No one's talking about that. You know, it's like, man, and an African-American guy, all he wants to do is get a coaching job. These guys got sexual allegations against them. Um, You look at Kraft, who was in the the booty-shaking house right before the Super Bowl. And no one said anything about it after that. It's like, okay, you know, he just paid his little fine and he just walks out. These guys don't care, man. They got a billion dollars. And what are you going to tell those guys?
2: So I got to get your take on the other big story of the last day and a half, and that is – Jim Harbaugh going from seemingly having the Vikings job like 95% sure to the Vikings going, yeah, you know what, we talked to you, not feeling it. And it looks like what's happening around the league in a lot of cases, I think owners are looking at situations of the past and they're like, we don't want a head coach who is going to be a gigantic egomaniac, mistreat people in the workplace and want full control. And I think that's what Harbaugh wanted. So now we're seeing more of these tandems of GMs and coaches who are like 35 to 47 years old. What do you think about this shift?
1: Um, I I thought it was an interesting fact. You know, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, Jim is, you know, he's going off to, you know, to uh, Minnesota. And, you know, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, You know, like you said, he wants full control, and he loves – Jim Harbaugh loves Jim Harbaugh. Yep. And no other place is going to let him beat Jim than Michigan. You know, after coming off a winning season, he wins the Big Ten, he goes to the playoffs, so he's sitting pretty right now, uh, beating Ohio for the first time in I don't know how many years. Uh, But, you know, for him him to even have the opportunity to get the interview is still mind-boggling when you still have all these qualified African-American assistants who's been scraping and crawling just to get an opportunity, and those guys continue to get passed over. And Jim is in the driver's seat to be like, nah, you know, I'm cool. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And, the, you know, the Vikings said, hey, you know, we're looking for somebody else.
2: Mark, we're going to hit on the Super Bowl next week. But I, I think to close here, we got to hit on something really important. And, again, this is what the Raiders do moving forward. I hope they've learned their lesson with Damon Arnett and Henry Ruggs and, you know, oh. still currently on the roster, Nate Hobbs. Dudes need to be vetted. Uh, this market does present certain, you know, challenges. I will say this. The trouble Arnett is getting in is the same trouble I think he got in in Columbus and also in South Florida. But the arrest last week, after all (laughs) that's gone on with Arnett, (laughs) is just absolutely absurd. He got pissed off at a valet driver at Park MGM and pulls out a gun. Meanwhile, he pulls out a gun, and according to Metro, he's also got drugs on his person. Like, you talk about a guy who simply doesn't get it and I guess has zero respect for the kind of living and the kind of career that the NFL could afford him. I mean, he is on, I was going to say, his last chance. I don't know if he gets a chance.
1: Yeah, it's it's sad, man, for that young man. You know, you figure, man, you get another opportunity. Kansas City picks you up. Uh, you know, you have an opportunity to play football, you know, given the opportunity, and then you just continue to do the same old things over and over again. And I don't have any sympathy. I don't have any feelings for these guys at all. You know, you make millions of dollars to play a game that thousands of people wish they had an opportunity to play, and then you go and blow it. You know, this guy's gonna, he's gonna end up in jail or in debt, you know, or, or dead. That's just the, that's just the facts, you know, of guys like this that don't learn their lesson, um, you know, especially here in Vegas. Come come on, man, there's cameras everywhere. Uh, you know, there, there's there's so much stuff around here. Yep. And you already got in trouble, then you come back and get in trouble again. So that's just like, that, shame on you, man. How, how dumb can you be? To come back to the place that kicked you out, to come back and just do something stupid like that.
2: Mark, in closing, uh, people are getting ready to plan their Super Bowl party. So, uh, what can they get in terms of the spices and the other stuff you got up on the net at uh, Grillin' McMillan?
1: Oh, man. I got that Grillin' McMillan flavor pack coming out. I got burgers, I got hot dogs, and I got chicken wings. So, stay tuned. It's going to be like $98. So, you get like all beef burgers, you get uh, uh, fresh hot dogs and you get my Grilla McMillan spice, it's going to be under $100. Now You figure your boys you are chipping $25 a piece, and you guys are going to have a feast. Let's do so it. I'm, I'm, excited. I'm excited about that, man. Uh, go to grillamcmillan.com, purchase the Seasons. So seasons are doing great, man. I was able to raise probably over a couple of hundred dollars already for our charity because every purchase goes back to our foundation okay. as well. So everything is working, man. I'm selling spices. I'm giving back to our foundation. And I'm feeding the babies, baby.
2: There you go. Mark, enjoy the game tonight. I know these are uh, your favorite types of events. You get to talk and mingle with the uh, the younger players. Very cool experience.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to get to the game, man. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the guys I had an opportunity to coach when I was when they were younger. So it's exciting, man. Great deal with the the Shrine is doing here in Vegas.
2: Co-field and Company football insider Mark McMillan. Another chance to win tickets right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Big residency coming up, February 11th to the 26th. It's Luke Bryan. Country Music Star is in town for two weeks, and we've got tickets to the Friday show at the Resorts World Theater Friday, February 25th. Call or 764-1100. Sign up for an A-play card and
0: unlock some great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Way the nation! Let's go! Let's go! Way the nation! Let's go. Let's and Company go. is back.
2: Brad Power's coming up in about 10, 12 minutes. We'll look at some philosophies for Super Bowl betting, Super Bowl prop betting. We're here at Silver 7's. 2.77 happy hours going on right now. We're at the Bud Light Lounge. You can bet down at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. That is the silver and gold bar. Adam Hill, Cofield, just talking to Mark McMillan, mentioning Damon Arnett. You know, it's funny going back. I didn't get any feedback on it, which maybe says a lot about our show. But uh, going back about two weeks ago, I think it was, Mark McMillan, myself, and Andre Reed had a conversation. It was Mark and Andre. Um, but the Buffalo Bills legend was kind of on the side of, and you know, I was a little worried about Vegas oh. with the players. And I know a lot of people bristle at that. And, frankly, Damon Arnett, who we just talked about, Damon Arnett was a pain in the ass in Columbus, and he was a pain in the ass where he grew up in South Florida. So, like, we didn't make Damon Arnett. And that's why also uh, some of these schools that constantly put out troubled players, Raiders have to be really careful on. So I'm not saying you have to cross off Ohio State, but you better vet Ohio State players very, very heavily. So the latest on Arnett, and we've talked about this a little bit, this, this arrest on Friday. TMZ just had a whole breakdown of it. And we knew a lot of the facts, but some of the other stuff came out. I mean, bruh, he's at Park MGM. It's five thirty on a Friday night. He gets all pissy or pissed off with a valet. I don't know what the valet did. They claim that you know, hey, you know what? We got him the keys, right? Or uh, now here's the problem: Arnett didn't have his ticket for the valet, right? So if you have a new valet driver who didn't see, you know, maybe a previous shift parked the car, I, he could have been there for fifteen minutes. I don't know. So he's all pissed off about that. So I'm sure they were like, well, you know, like you, have to, you don't want to give I, – I, I didn't even see what kind of car it was. I'm sure he's not driving some jalopy. So you don't want to just give the freaking car to anybody. And then who knows how quickly it happened. He pulls out a gun and then apparently cocks the gun. Like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? And then the best part, beyond that, because that's insane. You know, I guess my response to people outside the market would be, I parked valet a lot. I never pulled a gun on someone. Well, let, let's be – let's also – be clear like one of the reasons that
3: he's gone is because another valet yep. filed a lawsuit against him for a similar situation he's being sued by a, a valet or former valet at aria and you know i'll also say
2: you're like well fi- it's five thirty. what's going
3: on let's also say this cocaine's a hell
2: of a drug well that's the other one i I'm, i don't know if you're suggesting he was he was all yoked up possession well he had three apparently metro says he had three baggies of coke um did he have, did he have something else too Marijuana and coke, but okay. Yeah. And then, and then, then, then he had the three baggies on him. He's like, "Not mine." <laughs> okay, you're you, you're known to carry a gun. You're known to go on the interwebs and flash the gun and threaten people. You have pulled a gun. Someone planted the baggies of coke. I mean, maybe I, I, I don't know. You know, but it's just like It's not mine. I just stole it from somebody. this this guy's story, and maybe it's going to be some sort of great redemption three years from now. But dude, and then and then I I, I go back again. And I appreciate the honesty from Mike Mayock. Like I thought Mike Mayock was tremendous trust. So I appreciate sure. the honesty, but when Mike Mayock said, well, we knew he had some problems. Like well, then why was he here? And why did you jump, you know, jump at the chance to take him like 40 spots ahead and where, you know, where he was projected. And now, I mean, he just he can't get out of his own way. And the other thing is, clearly he still lives here. I mean, we don't have to give out his address on air, but like I don't I don't want to be anywhere near his. I don't know if he does. Do you think he sold out, or was he renting? I think he was renting. He was renting. But I know
3: we have his address, obviously. And he was Everybody renting relatively does.
2: close to the crash site, right? Of rugs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, I. I don't know. It's like, I know there's a privacy deal here, but like, if I lived in that area and I actually do live in the area of rugs, and like after I found out, I was like, holy crap. See so if I live near Durango High School. Like, does the public need to, you know, deserve to know that someone with this sort of criminal history now and allegations facing him, like they're he's in your area. It, it's it's scary, but I, I mean, I do. It's a it's a thorny deal. But guess what? We didn't have an NFL team, we didn't have to worry about stuff like this. Now we do, and we had a, you know, we've had a bunch of different incidents.
3: But I'm still, I still am going to fight back forever on the Las Vegas thing, and, and I'll I'll say this, and, and it really really bothered me, and, you know, I I don't I don't remember where the conversation was if we talked about in the air or if it was somewhere else, but. Um, there was somebody making the suggestion of does Josh McDaniels know what he's getting into, you know, Las Vegas, man. I don't know. There could be trouble with players. Las Vegas, it's a different animal. Josh McDaniels coached Aaron Hernandez. Was that Las Vegas' fault? Like, no, it's not like, no, this is an individual thing. It's not a Las Vegas thing. It's not a, eh, Las Vegas, tough place, man. I don't know. Like, no, these things happen. I guess the the argument everywhere. would apply
2: to someone like Hobbs if he was out, you know, past two or three in the morning. I don't what's I don't even know what time the deal. What what time was he falling asleep like, in the car? I thought it was like four thirty. Okay, so I mean, there there are a lot of towns. Most towns, it's a little harder to find places that are open until five and six in the morning. Not
3: New Orleans, not Miami. I mean, yeah, oh, I not, get it. not, not it. New York. I get it. Not I get it. But, but, to, but to,
2: well, forget. I was I was actually going to bring up another city, but there's a guy who's there who gets in trouble all the time. So. What was that? Well, I was going to bring up Cincinnati because Joe Burrow's like, yeah, oh, you know, we stay <laughs> yeah, focused here, we don't get in trouble. Bengals but, have never had issues, but, but Pac-Man Jones seems to be, you know, in trouble all the time the, at any time of the day. The
3: Bengals, for for years, that was what they were kind of known for. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but this, I mean, it, that's why it just it drives me. Like, listen, I know, I know, I know, I am probably a little bit too much over the top of a Las Vegas defender at times, but like, en- enough blaming of Las Vegas. Again, I grew up here. For the most part, I mean, I lived everywhere, but from eighth grade on, I grew up here. A, a lot of my friends are from all the way back then. They grew up here. It's not Las Vegas, and and I, I I just will I will fight back forever on people that say, I don't know, man, Las Vegas is a tough place, and you got to find the right people. Like no, like people can find trouble anywhere they are if they want to find trouble.
0: Enjoy Bud Light, Budweiser, and Michelob Ultra for just 77 cents during all NFL games. Get the William Hill Racing sports Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers.
2: All right, let's do it. Let's uh, talk a little college football, talk some Super Bowl betting. Brad Powers joins us, bradpowersports.com. He's up with Cofield and Adam Hill. Brad, how you doing, buddy?
5: Excellent. How you doing?
2: Uh, pretty good. We want to get into Super Bowl philosophy in just a couple minutes, but I always like talking college football basically 12 months a year with you. Um, I-, I wanted to get your take on some of the temper tantrums and loosely thrown around allegations about NIL and recruiting in the last couple days. Um, first of all, I know you. I think you retweeted Lincoln Riley, was talking about you know what's going on with the players. what do you think about what he was saying?
5: Well, I thought it was a little hypocritical. I mean, the fact that he's saying you know set limits and rules and regulations right. for the transfer portal that they I mean, after he just rated his former team, something that you know guys like Brian Kelly and Brent Venables. I mean, really, if you looked at how, the amount of players they took from their former schools, just wasn't the case. So I thought that. Rather to be hypocrisy. What I, I would have preferred Lincoln Riley to say, hey, man, I, I embrace the transfer portal. I, I got to build a roster. And uh, the, with the current rules, uh, I mean, they allowed me to pretty much do what I needed to do to field a competitive football team. So, uh, I mean, I would, I would have re- re- preferred him to be a little bit more candid instead right. of giving, you know, the political answer there.
2: Well, I mean, the other thing is instead of saying I embraced a transfer portal because it helped me rebuild my roster, um, I embraced a transfer portal because that's what I did. I just <laughs> left my job. I had the freedom to do it after I had signed guys in the early signing class. These code, the hypocrisy, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's appalling. How many of these guys get on a pedestal, like within minutes of them showing that the freedom they have is cool?
5: Yeah, well, I've always said college football, of all the sports in America, reflects America. Just be I mean, because it's coast to coast. I mean, you get your small towns, you get your big cities. Uh, I mean, a ton of people, I mean, obviously have a stake in it, the fact that they went to college, and what I have found is there's more and more hypocrisy on Twitter politically, so therefore, I mean, just people in college football, specifically head coaches, I... I They've always been – there's been some hypocrisy in college football, but now it's, it's, it's everywhere, in my opinion.
3: starting to resemble America a little bit less because before it was exactly America because the rich got richer and the workers got nothing. Oh,
2: that's a good point, actually. The workers <laughs> can't actually get <laughs>
3: well, something.
5: No, the, no, no. I'll disagree. I'll push back. The rich continue to get richer. I, I tweeted out the number of top 100 recruits. At Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Texas A&M signed more top 100 100- recruits recruits than the rest of the 126 teams did combined. combine so yeah I, I have found that the rich continue to get richer alabama transfer portal they took three of the top five six guys out of the transfer portal i mean yeah. these guys just aren't going to be starters they're going to be all american type players that they wouldn't have on the roster if it wasn't for the transfer portal did,
2: did something happen between nick saban and jimbo fisher and tex a&m and the fact that they had this great class i saw jimbo fisher flipping out yesterday
5: yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he's pushing back on the, the whole narrative out there that you know, A&M bought and paid for their class. Again, I would have much preferred Jimbo just came out and said, hey, I mean, uh, the, look, yeah. under the current rules and regulations, uh, you know, heck yeah. I mean, you, you want to make some money here, uh, Texas A&M is the place to do it. We got deep pockets, and we're willing to, to if you want to make some money uh, and, and play at the highest level, and before you head to the next level, as far as the NFL, this is the place to do it. We just proved that with our, the best class in history. So that's why I would prefer to him to say instead of the, the denials of cheating. I mean, come on. I mean, Texas A&M, uh, a team that's practically for the last decade plus been an eight and four type of team, even uh, with the exception of one year under Jimbo, they've been an eight four, eight and five type of uh, program. I mean, the fact that they just signed the best class in history—something is going on. And it's not just hard work by the staff, like Jimbo said yesterday. So, I mean, the thing that probably is perturbing him is Saban, you know, doesn't get as much pushback as he does. But, I mean, then again, Saban's had, you know, coming into this year, he's had the number one class nine of the previous ten years. So, I mean, it's just it's the same old, same old with Saban. And the fact that Jimbo does it and gets pushback, I think that was something that was, you know, getting on him a little bit. But, Again, I, I don't mind the rant. I just I wish he had different
2: mess. Right, yeah. Be honest, like Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's embracing it, basically. Like, hey, we're, you know, we uh, people are cheating, and now we're kind of allowed to do uh, what we need to do. Um, speaking of the transfer portal, um, how? Well, give me the give me the win number for USC, where you'd be like, well, there's way too much hype. It's time to fade him. I'm betting under.
5: Oh, that's a great question. I know it's going to be there. Oh man, I don't think they'll set it at ten. Uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if road book gets up there. I mean, because they they got a relatively soft non-conference played outside of a home game against Notre Dame, and the, their conference schedule isn't that you know in that tough outside of a road trip to Utah. So I mean, I literally could see USC being a favorite, you know, pregame in 11 of their 12 games. So. Uh, nine and a half, ten is way too high in my opinion. I still think it's a three loss type of program, uh, especially at the line of scrimmage. I know everybody likes to talk about the quarterback, the wide receivers, and every all that, but I mean, the reality is, uh, one thing that Lincoln Riley didn't get via the transfer portal in the recruiting class is a lot of help with the line of scrimmage, and I think that'll be their undoing.
2: Good job, because I put you there, uh, on the spot there with the, uh, the fade. I was just looking at Michigan. Um, I don't know that I feel super confident that Harbaugh is going to have a great year based on the nonsense that just went down the last couple of days.
5: I, I'm going to agree with that sentiment, but the, here's my caveat, and this, this is really important. Michigan's schedule is, is really weak. I mean, oh, I'm boy. going to look off. at this. Look at this. <laughs> I mean, what is? Colorado, what, right? they, Colorado, they don't Colorado, go on the road till October. Connecticut, Maryland, all at home. That's yeah. their first four games, so they're going to be really inexperienced. To start off, they lost a lot of guys, uh, you know, after last year's you know, big, big run to the playoff. But, I mean, they're going to have ample time to get those guys adjusted prior to Big Ten play. And uh, looking at Big Ten play, sure, I mean, they'll be a prohibitive underdog at Ohio State. But really, other than that, I mean, they, they'll oh be God. at least a favorite or, 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 you know, pick them game against everybody else. So, yeah, I don't like them nearly as much as this past year's team. They'll take a massive step back, but I still think they can win 10 games.
2: Yeah, this is nuts. I was yelling over you at the beginning of the schedule. It's CSU, Hawaii, Connecticut. They play just five <laughs> games on the road at Ohio State, at no, Rutgers. four
5: games, four games You're on right, the road. You're right, it is four. four.
2: At Rutgers, at Indiana, at Iowa. Holy crap. Oh, man, that is crazy. All right, now let's talk a little gambling here with the Super Bowl. Um, different handicappers, uh, well, handicappers have different opinions on the props. You're a guy who likes to get, uh, you know, you'll – You'll shop. You you have to shop. How do you feel about the the props and then exotic props?
5: Uh, well, I mean, obviously exotic props are, are fun and whatnot, but they're yeah, I mean, you can't bet them anywhere legally. I mean, sure, the, those are more for your offshore places. I mean, not to say that I don't partake in them, uh, but, but uh, legally speaking, let's just say I keep that on the back burner. Uh, as far as the legal bets, we're talking, you know, the player props and whatnot. Uh, sure. I mean, it, it's, you know, when you got 400 of them available, I mean, that's always the preference. Everybody asks for the sider total. What's your pick for the Super Bowl? I mean, uh, the pick is to get involved in the player props. it's not necessarily like uh, there's a ton of mispricing, but I mean, what's amazing to me, even in today's day and age, I mean, I'll give you an example It's going to be available here as soon as Westgate opens up. Looks like they got the, the total number of kick returns at five and a half. Well, right now, William, William Hill has the same exact prop that. Total number of kick returns at three and a half. I mean, that's a heck of a middle there between four and five. So, I mean, if you're asking my philosophy, it's taking advantage of that right there, going over three and a half at Willie Hill, under five and a half at Westgate, and hoping to catch both of them.
2: For the for the game side, you know, we we always hear this range of you know four, four and a half, five, five and a half, dead numbers. I saw Ralph Michaels tweet out something today saying, yeah, that's not exactly. The case that uh, he was saying seven and a half percent of all playoff games since two thousand five uh, that uh, that dead five point win has occurred. So, what do you think about this range of four and a half to five and a half?
5: Oh, uh, I mean, I agree with the early money. Uh, I did bet the Rams. I was able to get three and a half. I I expected it was just pure power rating for me. I made it four and a half. So, I did put a little bit down on the Rams. If You're asking me what I'll have probably biggest. And what we're if you're talking non derivative bets. And um, player props and whatnot. Rams money line because we see it every single Super Bowl. And I know it sounds like a broken record, but it's the one time a year where you get those not just recreational betters, you get event betters. They only bet one event a year. It's a Super Bowl. And they want to bet a little to win a lot. Well, what's the easiest way to do it? Well, is to take the Bengals on the money line to, to, to bet them to win the game outright. So you'll get a relatively cheap number compared to the, what the spread. Uh, is you know what the money line should be compared to what the spread is. You always get an extra twenty cents of value in my opinion. So Rams money line'll be my, my biggest position.
3: How are you approaching the home field edge here? I know it's it's not, you know, shouldn't be a full three points. We know that it's not the home crowd if there is such a thing as a home crowd of so anyway, but the Rams are staying in their beds. I know you know, I got my media availability for Friday, and it's at the Rams facility in Thousand Oaks. So, like, they are they are at home. They're in their beds. Does that make any impact on on your handicapping at all?
5: Yeah, I think it's worth about a point. I'll say this: I think you know the three points, the home field is probably a little outdated at this point. I think now we we have several years where you know, even besides the COVID year, without a you know crowd behind you, I'm more closer, even in college football, closer to two than I am to three at this point. So. Uh, if one sounds like very light, I mean, keep in mind most of my home field to begin with is only in that two range. So one point is what I think, you know, is you should give the Rams for, you know, b- being close to home, being used to playing as far as sight lines at that stadium. But, you know, crowd-wise, I mean, they should also be used to 50-50 crowds, to be honest with you. So it's going to feel like a, a traditional home game for them, even crowd-wise.
2: At Brad Power 7 up on Twitter, BradPowerSports.com is where you go to find uh, all the information on the web. Last one, you will bet stuff way in advance, right? Good numbers for college football. So you'll hold a ticket for months and months and months. Do you have any interest in getting into the speculation game about where some of these big-name quarterbacks may land? And I'll, I'll concentrate on Aaron Rodgers. Would you be interested in picking two or three teams that are you know, potential landing spots? You know, like, Brady going to Tampa was a surprise, and I forget what the odds you could have gotten were, but any interest in doing that at all? Like, you know, I think Tennessee is a candidate to get Aaron Rodgers. Super Bowl, they're 20-1 to 1 right now for next year.
5: Yeah, I mean, the Brady stuff really opened my eyes because a couple of guys that, that I know, I mean, really took, you know, they they cleaned up that market. Oh, wow. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars nice. they won. So uh, I wasn't involved in too many of those markets to be, you know, prior to it, but... The beauty of legalization and different types of books, you can get those types of bets down now at multiple places. So, sure, I—I'm not right now off the top of my head I don't have one that I'll be involved in that I know is great value, but I, I, I will not be overlooking it prior to, to what I saw with the Brady.
2: There you go. All right, Brad, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend.
5: All right. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. There he is.
2: One of our favorites, Brad Powers. By the way, if you're looking at A-Rodge or Russ, or Watson landing somewhere, right? And you're like, oh, well, that team would have a pretty good shot to win the Super Bowl with that kind of quarterback. Arizona's 20 to 1. Check that. Tennessee's 20 to 1. Arizona has a quarterback. Uh, Tennessee's 20 to 1. Indy's 25 to 1. Tampa is 50 to 1. I still think Bruce Arians ain't staying around for the Kyle Trask or, you know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater's of the world.
3: I don't know. I talked to Ali Marpet today, he's all in. He is all in on Tampa still having enough talent to win the Super Bowl next year.
2: Pittsburgh, hundred to one. What if A. Raj and Tomlin really do have a good relationship?
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be interesting. I'm just saying.
2: I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying. Well, what if, what be, if a, be a you know a freaking lunatic and drop ten thousand on these things? I don't think you can. But
3: that defense, that and Najee Harris with Derek Carr.
2: Oh wow! Look at you. Really pitching it now. All right, 5 o'clock hours on the way. Good big five. We'll get you updated on uh, the stories coming out now with Jim Harbaugh. And obviously, Harbaugh was mentioned for two weeks around the Raiders. And we're, I think we're finding out why it never really got off the ground with the Raiders and why it all fell apart and just blew to pieces with the Vikings. 22-ounce Bud Light Budweiser or Michelob Ultra, plus two hot dogs and two
0: bags of chips, all for just seven seventy-seven at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino.